Need to be meaner. Need to start doing coke. Welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Bid, and with me is Andy. Hiya! I have residual angry feelings towards him, but we're going to keep moving. Hello, Jeff. How are you doing? Yellow. I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, uh, Duncan's not here to do the topic, but we did promise you we are doing NEATS, not in employment, education, or training. We're also doing Hikikomori, a secondary phenomenon that's kind of tied to that, people who just shut in and stop interacting with society. Uh, it may seem weird that we're doing this now after <laughs> almost two years of a global pandemic. Um, that's just because we like to really, really age it up, really <laughs> savor it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, we don't like to be reactionary, I think is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just we just do what the fans tell us to do all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, uh, a lot of lot, a lot like how many anime feature otaku interests because otaku are the ones who watch them i feel that anime often features neats and hikikomoris very prominently because they probably watch a lot of anime i mean i'm putting it out there at least from what i've learned from anime uh, that i've watched as we've as we've learned anime is a perfect sociological document um <laughs> worthy of being interpreted without any grounding and it's in its uh, home country so uh, with that, Jeff, you've been watching. Welcome to the NHK. Am I correct? I, you are correct. Welcome to the NHK. Mm-hmm. Uh, show about a man <laughs> named uh, Tasuhiro Sato, who has, according to the show, been shut in for three years upon a humiliating debut in college. Uh, and <laughs> we are we join him just as he suddenly discovers all of the things that go wrong in Anit's life. And then he does all of them and <laughs> for our amusement, more or less, uh, it is a it's mostly it's, it's mostly a comedy. It, uh, but it, de- it definitely Black comedy, maybe. Yeah. Like it. And weirdly, it also kind of front end loads the skeeziness. No, not weird. Not weird at all. It was in the 90s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's perfectly understandable. <laughs> and the, the like the, the sort of like initiating incident in the show uh like a like a jehovah's witness basically knocks on his door one day talking about how you know the lord can save you from being a hikikomori and (laughs) along with the uh the doorbell ringer is a young girl and he you know sato sort of shoos them away and says i'm not a hikikomori what are you talking about get away from me and then he locks the door and has delusions about his like furniture talking to him and saying that those people are from the bad organization who is targeting him and making his life bad. Uh, and then one day the, uh, the girl comes, uh, comes back, uh, Masaki, uh, Nakahara who offers to save him. And he then, you know, spends most of the show trying to convince her that he's not actually somebody who needs saving. Uh, and then she proceeds to save him anyways. And we also find out about, you know, her bad life and why she's doing this and, you know, his very, very small orbit of friends and family and, you know, investigating, you know, why he became the way he was, how he can get, gets out of it. I, 
if 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 anything it suffers because it feels like a show that wants to be a catalog for like this is what the neat lifestyle is like this is the kinds of things they do like you know the first thing he does is he gets you know he does the worst thing of all which is become a game developer to try and convince uh Misaki that she is that that she's mistaken about him he then you know when that kind of falls apart because he can't get his shit together uh with his uh his neighbor who's also sort of an otaku weirdo incel guy who hates 3d women and wants to you know only cares about video games hates everybody else because they don't like video games the same way that he does uh so he decides to work with him to try and make a a gal game because it's like you know they sort of build it up it's like you know this is like the, the game that you can make to you know if you have zero skills and zero like outside interests beyond anime you know this is the way you get your foot in the door and eventually become you know a giant games corporation and to the show's credit that does actually go through what's most if it was any other show it would be like oh and then it works but that that also jeff feels like um a uh, a knowing reference to uh fate the fate series is exactly that starts off as a gal gay and then becomes the thing that it is now. <laughs> I mean, like I, I Sorry, would be continue. unsurprised if that was exactly the kind of thing that was like there was. There does seem to be a, a weird sort of cross pollination between like other like visual novels and NHK. Like well, I could talk about that later. Yeah, I just want to point out, Andy, that uh, that uh, oh no, never mind. Okay, uh, yeah, Welcome to the HK came out in two thousand and six. Um, Fate had its first uh, anime adaptation in 2006, so yeah, um, it's either it's either extremely of the moment or it's art imitating life. No, because mm. the, uh, the or life imitating art. So. Pretty sure Fate's been around since like the late 90s, because that's when the first visual novel came out. Like what he oh yeah, because because just... Fate because Fate Stay Night is not the first Fate. That's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to realize Fate was an actual. Gal- I'm not enough of a Hikamori apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it was not an actual was an actual galge and then uh and then it came into the weird monopoly thing that it is now with its Ooh. hundreds of spin-offs and impenetrable anyway. lore. <laughs> he becomes a game developer that leads him to taking creep shots on the street for quote unquote <laughs> research purposes because this is also you know he's been at Hikikomori for three years, but he just then realizes that you could look at pornography on the internet. And completely, <laughs> which you were very skeptical about. I feel <laughs> I. It, I mean, it like there because I only am skeptical about it because like around the same time, I think Family Guy made a joke about Quagmire, the horniest guy on the earth, finding out about internet porn, and then it just about killing him in, in the, over the course of a week. And it was like, how has this guy been inside for three years with an internet connection and never <laughs> once thought of? googling boobs because like obviously he's a horny weirdo and it's not like he's you know i think one of the first scenes in the show is him like finishing jacking off and like cleaning up with a bunch of uh kleenex like this it's like he is a scumbag like right off the bat it's not like he's had this his like innocent world shattered by these like new discoveries anyways i'm digressing now but if you have your way of getting (laughs) getting your you know, you fix, then why change it? <laughs> but anyways, like the show continues. He accidentally joins a suicide pact and then is too socially awkward to back out of it because he's trying to like get with his old high school flame who 
I think that's the best. That's the best arc of the anime for me. Is that yeah, absolutely, that absolute nonsense. And yeah, he gets like tied up in an MLM because one of his other high school buddies like convinces him that like the, you know society is bullshit. You have to you know everything. It's every man for himself. You have to pull your friends and family into this so you could build yourself up. And then you know he leaves all fired up with an arm load of MLM stuff, and he's like, "God damn it, she just tricked me." <laughs> <laughs> so is it kind of like a sort of sunny sort of you hate this guy and you don't feel bad for the shit that happens to him i mean the show Ooh. wants you to be sympathetic to him like for the most part like i mean the, what, that's one of the problems with the show is that every three or four episodes he will get into you know another one of these harebrained schemes and then he like will just sort of conveniently get out of it like none of it ever has any kind of like real lasting impact because it wants to get to a sort of zero state so they can go on to the next thing without too much interference. And I think for the most part, like you can't really take it too seriously because obviously it's, 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 it comes, it starts to become very obvious that the show itself thinks his situation is almost entirely his own doing enabled by indulgent like parents and friends who sort of allow him to be there and you know big spoilers at the end of the show he just stops being hikikomori because he gets cut off by his parents who are like ailing and can no longer support him he goes a few days without food and then just walks into an employment office and starts working and the exact (laughs) so really it really is just like really is just like starve them out and they'll become citizens yeah wow and and like and there is another like hikikomori like the like his old classmate who gets him tied up in the mlm the reason she was involved is because her brother is in the same thing she gets put in jail because she's like fairly high up in like the multi-level marketing scheme and so you know same thing happens to him he gets starved out and he like goes and becomes a delivery uh boy for a local store and then he's just like by all accounts has just been magically cured of his hikikomori-ness and like i think that's like that's the big failing of the show is that for the most part it 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 considers their situation almost entirely you know a moral failing of these people and you know surrounds him with people who have real problems quote unquote and it's almost entirely you know on him that he's not able to you know He's not able to just, you know, gambaru his way through it and be good, mm-hmm. actually. You know, he rejects human bonds, which is automatically the trait of an anime villain. <laughs> That's how you also know that Kobayashi, the MLM girl, is bad because she tells him to reject human bonds. And that's like a big red flag in anime, as we've learned. Yeah, definitely <laughs> would be a villain if it was a shonen anime. <laughs> yeah. Should be a Itachi or something from Naruto. But of course, then they also make friends and help her. And then, you know, she becomes part of the clique. Mm. I mean, talking, moving away from just the NHK now. Um, I've been, yeah. <clears throat> I've been replaying Persona 5, uh, which is also an anime. So this does count. Um, but the way that... This is fucking wild, Andy. How dare you? <laughs> um, the way that Fudaba, who's the sort of Hikimori Shutin person who's had like, uh, very much sort of references to the fourth series, fourth game, but like the, she has like visions of her mum and believes that she's the reason why her mum died. And it's pretty dark, but like there's a good reason why she's a shatten and she doesn't, and she like shuns society. But there is an, I forgot there is a week and a bit where 
you sort of try and reintroduce her into society. And it's, I thought it was quite fun. It wasn't just like, oh, walk into an employment office and you're fine. It was actually quite a nice, like, sweet little way of her Ooh. getting slowly adjusted um, to, to real life. Even though I do believe, you know, she's not going to just fix all her problems in a week. <laughs> and, uh, like, from not seeing anyone to going to a beach, like, it's, it's right, insane. Right. But... Uh, they were like it was nice it's like the whole thing of Persona 5 is that they are a supportive gang of like like just cool people mm-hmm. and Persona's inclusion in that like she out of all of them makes has an actual emotional arc from the off that actually makes you care for her um, and I, I don't know just the way you're talking about yeah she just he just walks into an employment office and he's fine it makes me think of her like now they they did her character really well I thought um, yeah and, Persona Five, and and I think best. <laughs> there is, and because there isn't a lot of really other shows that are just like a very straight look at here is a guy in this situation and this is how he gets out of it, and it seems like almost every following work that involves the Hikikomori is either they are a side character and a joke, or they're like shut in nature is secretly a superpower that makes them good at something else in their life, yeah. um, and. Like Steinsgate, like Ben had mentioned that, you know, a lot of things about Okabe and whatnot were similar to Sato. And I am starting to think mm-hmm. that it that Steinsgate might have started as an NHK Dojin of some kind, because <laughs> like the main characters, like you know, the, the the bad secret organization that's, you know, trying to keep him down, his like, you know, sweet like female friend who obviously kind of likes them, but you know, they ne- that never really gets consummated, you know, at the end of NHK, like the way they sort of like uh, Sato and Misaki sort of end up supporting each other is that they begin a, uh, you know, a, a secret organization for themselves where they declare each other, each other's hostage so that if one kills themselves, the other one will also kill themselves. And since neither, neither of them wants mm-hmm. to see the other one hurt, that will help them stay alive. And so, you know, that is what Welcome to the NHK, you know, means is that, you know, these two people have sort of like, you know, lashed themselves to the mast of each other to stay alive. And like Mayui refers to herself as Okabe's hostage, like Maoka, uh, mm-hmm. the sort of shut in uh, Internet addict is almost like a one to one of a couple of different characters, like because like, you know, his two high school friends are you know his suicidal senpai and his like blonde haired like net addict who like you know basically you know casts off human relationships and screws everybody else over to make themselves feel good and but of course in Steinsgate, you know that you know that is all the key to him saving the world and saving everybody's life uh in mm-hmm. any number of isekai it begins with you know, some scumbag neat who gets hit by a truck and wakes up in the video game world. And then all of his years of training by playing video games and watching anime becomes a superpower. And other than like Goodnight Pun Pun, which is like an even darker and bleaker sort of look at that sort of like same gray area of like mental health and abuse and whatnot. Like that's that that manga is a ride. Like if you're into if you know. <laughs> fair warning it is bleak and if you've got like you know 
issues with that kind of content, then maybe think twice about reading it. But like, yeah. other than that, like, I can't really see anything else sort of doing what Welcome to the NHK did successfully. Yeah, I see. <clears throat> I feel like I'm disadvantaged because I. I watch Welcome to the NHK during my like, OK, I've read Malcolm Gladwell and now he's poisoned my brain with like the 10,000 hour expert rule. And so I was like, OK, I'll just do that for anime, which I have to my credit. That was something I decided to do. And then over the course of my 20s, I did it. Uh, and now I have a podcast. <laughs> uh, well, that's, so, the, that's, uh, the, that's the height that you this reach. Is, this is what this is what Malcolm Gladwell had in my in store. For yeah, yeah, he's got a podcast too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, rem- I remember too. I was I was watching I was watching uh, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex second gig, and I was like, I've watched more anime than everyone I've known. I know, but I could very easily if I made a, a goal of it, watch more anime than anyone I could meet. And that would be, that would, that would really be something. Uh, and here I am. I'm, I'm 36 now. Jesus Christ. Uh, I have a PhD at least in another thing that no one would care to hear about. But yeah, I was watching uh, welcome to the NHK Steins gate and uh, paranoia agent. And I feel those three, especially, and I'd watched a uh, boogie pop phantom, which I think is the rich man's paranoia agent mm-hmm. a while ago. Um, and I think it was really unfortunate because they kind of went into like this like battle royale where only one emerged uh, emerged victorious. And so I think of Steins Gate is good, uh, Welcome to the NHK is fine, and Paranoia Agent is actually kind of bad. Um, that also has like a, a like getting caught up in like a suicide pact that you didn't realize was a suicide pact subplot uh, <laughs> too, which I guess is maybe something that people were worried about coming into the early two thousands. I was just to say suicide pacts were a pretty big thing in. The noughties in Japan, not a big thing, yeah. but you know, I think yeah. wasn't who was the guy who um, there was like a a cult that gassed a load of train stations, which is oh, I am I am I can't remember what his name is. I am Shinriko. Um, that made yeah, that's that's going into like the weird otaku panic stuff that happens, yeah. like the otaku murder and stuff. Yeah, it's very weird to how like I literally to prepare for this, I looked up. I'm going far afield from what I intended to say, but who cares? This is a this is a live medium with other people. <laughs> it's not just a video lecture. Uh, I, I went to like Google like best neat animes and best hikikomori animes, and by neat I meant two e's. Um, although I would love to see a, a list of neat animes that, ju- that that people just think are neat. Um, well, animes about tidying. Yes, but I'm surprised at how many of those just completely completely conflate otaku and neat Mm -hmm. like best like i am sorry i do not consider some of these anime about a neat um there often are just like really like dedicated nerds like i think that watamote is kind of a neat anime but also not like like that like that she's just an extreme otaku right like she goes to school she's in education yeah Yeah. so she's not a neat by definition like like if if, Uh, if her life goes wrong she'll end up a neat And like, a, and like, a, I can't understand what my wife is saying, which I got my girlfriend to watch because it was made by the Dragon Maid mangaka, which was a yep. great inside. Thank you. Make more, make more manga, uh, Dragon Maid mangaka. I don't know your name. He has. He's made loads of them, and they're all quite, they're all quite horny. <laughs> yes, but that one also is listed very highly in every single list, in every mm. single like shitty clickbait list I looked at as like this is an this is an anime about neat and like. He kind of is a stay-at-home loser, but he has a job. He has a blog that that makes money, and at one point in the show, he's making more money than she is, and it's kind of like a weird moment for them. Um, so, like, literally not a neat. I mean, he's kind of a home shut-in, but, like, 
if you can if you're a shut-in and you can i don't know pull in 60k a year writing a blog like i i consider you fully employed i do not consider you a, a non-contributing member of society yeah i don't know so it's it's interesting to like see that co- uh contrasted with like my big example is going to be uh this the Simon Setsubo Sensei, which specifically has a character whose name is Hiki Komori, um, because it's it's Simon Setsubo Sensei. Uh, and in the, the second season premiere, the best episode of Simon Setsubo Sensei, and if you have only one chance to convince someone to watch Simon Setsubo Sensei, it should be season two, episode one. Um, uh, the normal girl, Hitonami, which means perfectly normal or something in Japanese, uh, mm-hmm. comes to school and she's like, I've been skipping school. I'm bad. And he and uh, Komori-chan is like, that's nothing. Have you tried staying at school? You know, <laughs> and, and she's like, what? That's ridiculous. And it's like, no, you don't understand. And then she like stays at school and gets like horribly freaked out by like how lonely <laughs> and like all the shadows being weird. Oh, it's, it's such a funny episode. Um, and I think that, I don't know, it's very weird because Kiki, because uh, the character of Komori-chan is found in a house who, where she's thought to be a, a haunting demon. Uh, the positive girl calls her a, a Zasuki Warashi, which is a, a deep cut even for Japanese people, as I understand. Um, but, which is a, one, a, a very ancient, deprecated household, household protecting spirit. Uh, but she eventually moves into the school and then she just like hangs out and she's like always in a cupboard or something. And it's very weird to have like, Using the the trappings of of anime to make like have a hikikomori at school so they can be a regular recurring character in a in a school anime, but yeah, like you don't usually see characters that are neats or hikikomoris existing in like regular anime plots. Mm. They usually are cordoned off on their own, or in like the case of Steinsgate or Welcome to the NHK with Jeff, it's a plot about like the level of the, the type of mental furniture that turns you into this kind of person and trying to kind of diagnose it. It's interesting that it's not like it's kind of rejected as a part of society. Um, it's, it's like a, an exception or something mm-hmm. um, that, that has to be cordoned off in its own show as, as opposed to like, I mean, how many school anime has a character who's just a hikikomori who never comes in? Not that many considering how common a phenomenon it is. Mm-hmm. But also, there's not much you can really do with that character, right? Like, yes, that's true. There are craft, there are craft <laughs> reasons, but it is interesting that it's just not like it's a phenomenon that's kind of has to be dealt with in isolation. Yeah. I mean, Anohana is a very good. That's true. That's true. You know what, Andy? That was number. That was <laughs> that was number. I think two on this list I'm not, <laughs> that is, I was looking at. But like, I mean, I guess there's a thing like all hikimori uh, or neat anime. They start off as that, and then they grow and change out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, same. I was also wondering: Is Barakamon in the list? Because Barakamon, technically, when East when that show starts, he's not in education, employment, or training. Mm-hmm. He's been banished by uh, his grandpa. So, I mean, I don't know the exact constraints of what a hikimori is, but I wonder if that's included. Well, that, that's actually pretty interesting because, like hikikomori, um, and and needs for that. That example, um, I was reading on the Wikipedia page beforehand that there's an 80-50 problem. That is, as former Hikikomori and Neats are, are hitting 50, their parents are hitting 80 and requiring special mm-hmm. care. And like that scene is like a hidden hidden demographic crisis. I mean, Japan seems to constantly be facing uh, <laughs> age-related <laughs> demographic crises. Um, but it's it's interesting to like that we don't see like adult Hikikomori. It's something that I think in almost every anime, it either exists in an eternal childhood or it's something the characters definitively grow out of. Mm. Um, 
and this idea that it's a, a <clears throat> lifelong problem is not I guess it's I guess the same thing is just why don't they show up in school anime? It's just not worth depicting uh, that kind of person because yeah. because of their arc. I mean, also, usually it's um, a very simplified trauma, right? Like, again, uh, Wonder Egg priority, you know, he. Yeah, she, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. She doesn't she but she gets over it due to the power of friendship. Yep. Um there's Clanad also has a hikikimori in it, and again, power of friendship gets over it, and yeah, it's just healed, like healed by love. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's a very simple message, and it's very powerful, and usually lands. Um, but like, that's not like <clears throat> people don't really want to delve into the acute sort of psychology and um, probably lots of therapy that they will have to <laughs> actually go through in mm-hmm. order to to feel like they're not. Um, they're part of society or they're a worth worthwhile human being because it is just a form of depression at the end of the day. And you can't just, yeah. you can't and anxiety. Just, yeah. And you can't just turn that shit off in real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I guess so, like a, a medium that l- exists largely as escapist for the types of people who are, you know, likely afflicted with these things. Like there's probably just not, a market for a very heavy look at these kinds of things. But I, yeah, I mean like one direct priority going back to that real quick, like there is some pretty heavy messages of like, you know, self-harm and self-hate. Um, but it then just wraps it in really saccharine sort of like rapper that just doesn't feel like it's really landing home or it's just, it's scared from actually trying to commit to a bit. And it's just like, we we can't do this. I will go. To, <clears throat> I will go to bat for Wonder Egg Priority. Just thinking it has too much to say and not giving enough time to what it what it yeah. has to say that actually is is worth saying. Um, I don't think Wonder Egg Priority wraps too much in saccharin. I think it just it's it's just rhetorically incoherent. That's maybe what yeah. I was more sort of getting at. Yeah, <laughs> it's just incoherent and, it, and it's just um. Like it should have focused down on like one or two characters opposed to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or or not have like the weird bug-headed people. We can go into a Wonder Egg priority, or, uh, or not have, but or not have the weird like overarching world thing where it turns out that you know this uh, whatever. Not have to have a backstory of the two like weird department store mannequins who end up being like guys who changed the world. Yeah, the two people we um, care the least about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I do like I do like like Hikikomori Hikikomori and neat behavior is so often s- s- shown as like coming from within i do like in wonder egg priority how like it's because she thinks her teacher raped her friend that she stops going to school Mm. or that they had some sort of inappropriate relationship and i think in my experience both as a student and as a teacher like that's why people stop coming to school it's because it's because it doesn't it's not safe it's not welcome Mm -hmm. they don't see themselves there anymore and it's very interesting although sadly kind of unsurprising that we do usually see hikikomori as a as a failure of personal personal mental moral sanitation yeah. mm. um becoming becoming a weirdo who gets obsessed with porn or making a video game or having a single bad interaction at school as opposed to just like like I don't, I'm so sad that I don't remember her name from Wondering Party. I is I yeah. is that her name yeah, the character? I. Yeah, like she she's very believable as someone who she wants to go back to school. She just can't. It's mm-hmm. Too much time has passed. Um, her friend is gone, but the teacher is still there. And now he's dating her mom. <laughs> yeah. And it, 
Just as it's like, Wonder Egg could have been so good, guys. Yeah, it could. Oh, it could. It was a failing on the system. I agree. Like, yeah, failing on the system, not on her. And yeah, yeah. Oh. there was a there is a better show in Wonder Egg priority than the one that we got. <laughs> Hopefully, someone watches it and decides to make something better. That's what I always have to tell myself when, like, yeah, especially an anime show fails really conspicuously to achieve its own thematic goals. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about Neats and Hikikomori. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> Is that all we have? Does anyone else have any favorite characters who are Neats or Hikikomori? Or who are otaku who, like, awful online list aggregators would consider to be Neats or Hikikomori? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still, I'm still going to be a booster for Futaba Sakura from Persona 5. Just, just wonderful. Great character. I need, I need to play... <laughs> play a persona game first but yeah eventually <clears throat> i would i would strongly boost persona 5 royal um or persona 4 golden which i believe you have then i do i do and i I actually had my friend who who played it and beat it and is a very like mass oriented person send me a guide for how to not fuck up playing it and then the guide intimidated me so i was even less likely right. to play it. throw that guide away that's bullshit just play it and just know that there's one bit at the very end of persona 4 you have to answer one thing correctly, otherwise you don't get the rest. And that's in... But Persona 4 Royal is more bullshit. There's like four things you have to do to get to the last one. Andy's Game Tips is yeah. our, <laughs> our new podcast. Well, it's, no, it's here, just mate, that he you, says. you can... Like, Persona, you, you can spend... what Like, copy a guide that will give you the maximum ranks of everything. But I don't think that's an enjoyable way of playing it. you just got to play it mm. as you would... Like, just fucking do whatever you want to do. And as long as you don't fuck up one thing at the end of Persona 4, you get to the the bonus content absolutely fine. Uh, and you'll absolutely love it. And then if you want to do it all, cool. fucking play it again. Because shit yeah, carries yeah. over. Yeah, I, 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 I just need to unbreak my brain. I need to beat Control. I have, yeah. like, Control half beaten for two years. Anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> you can also play the okay, game other... I bought you. Yeah. That was very sweet, Andy. I should play that game. I... F- <laughs> If it makes you feel better, I feel bad about it every like two to two to four months, and then don't do anything about it because, yeah, um, it's okay. I'm just trolling. It's just because I was never playing it. Well, I'm well, playing. that was a that was a dagger to my heart, Andy, and I, I will I will think about it tonight. So thanks a lot, motherfucker. That's all right. Uh, as long as you load it up, maybe that's how you think about it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be fair, if my friend sent me an email that was like, why haven't you used my guide yet? I would boot up Persona, Persona 4 just literally that <laughs> afternoon. So, so that's where I am. Uh, speaking of speaking of bad social relationships, um, does, did anyone watch Eden of the East? Jeff, you should probably watch Eden of the I East. I own oh. Eden of the East. I have not watched it. Well, um, it's written by the standalone complex writer, uh, Kenji uh Kinji Kawayama, I think, um, who I thought was the greatest, uh, was the greatest uh, anime like scenario designer, but it ends up just Ghost in the Shell was just a lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. But that one, he ends, he he like a bunch of naked neats get can get kidnapped as part of the plot, and he like the main character like leads an army of like naked neats kidnapped from their homes by like a shadowy corporation at the end. So there's that. Um, Princess Jellyfish, do they count as neats or are they just weird, weird girls? Oh, yeah, no, they're totally neats. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair okay. shout. Um, I was actually thinking of, uh, whenever I think of Eden of the East, I always get that confused with Time of Eve, which also kind <laughs> of has a Hikimori in it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, I think what we're finding out is that the line between just like extremely socially inept nerd and neat 
is fairly blurred as an archetype, even though they're fairly distinct as categories. Because I think all of us are, are pretty weird nerds. <laughs> we're perfectly functioning members of society. I mean, sorry, not to like tar anyone with a brush. Um, uh, I, I'm hey, we're podcasters, so we have no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like John, John became a hikikomori from this podcast. So we have that. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. Come John back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to give him some human bonds and some gumbaru. And <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. You have to, you have to cure, cure him. Yeah. Max up his social okay. rank. <laughs> Introduce him to people with real yeah, problems think... and then he'll feel bad about himself. And... Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's honestly another like subgenre or trope that like Isekai has absorbed largely. I feel like we have less like, like gag hikikomori mm. characters and it's because now we have a power fantasy to fit them into yeah. which is that the video games they're playing now make them extremely handsome and smart and powerful people in fantasy worlds or a skeleton which happens or a skeleton, skeleton. which happens surprisingly frequently it's the nickel meme yeah <laughs> i'd have two nickels but that's a lot considering <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there. We will take a break, and then when we come back, we are going to be talking about uh, the movie trilogy from the early 2010s, Marduk Scramble, which I watched um, because I hate myself. Yep. <laughs> and we're also going to be talking about Akebi-chan and a couple of the other anime that are currently airing this season, just a mid, mid-season checkup. I'm sorry, Ben, for calling you out. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I legitimately do feel bad about it on a regular basis, so uh, don't worry. <laughs> if, if I, I just haven't... I just have been in a puzzle mood lately. I've I've felt bad about like my brain abilities ever since grad school Wait. because I feel like I, I burned out a lot of stuff there. So. Didn't I also buy Persona Four? I think I did. Okay, you bought me the Witness though too. That was what I did I was buy the Witness. I yeah, I knew that's what you were thinking of. But I was thinking, like, did I get? Because I definitely you bought me bought... several games. You actually bought me more <laughs> games than most people in my life. <laughs> You're welcome. It's the nickel meme again. You bought me two, which is which I, is not a lot of money, but it's more than you'd no, expect. I mean, the witness is like I I get it, man. Like the if I felt bad for all the games that people bought me that I haven't played, I, I would I would be in hell. Don't don't worry about it. I'm I'm chill. Like it was just like the witness is. No, it's funny. Is is what it is. But like you would enjoy Persona Four, I think. I would too. I know I would. I just I like really. It's a game that I like enough that I want to be able to play it well. And I've just managed to like get completely inside my own head about it. <laughs> this, is how, this is how I this is how I stopped playing The Witcher for a year. I, oh, no, that was almost two years. Where like I was like I'm not playing the crafting game right, and so I just stopped playing the game. <laughs> I was just like, I'll I'll read up about the crafting system, but not today. And then I didn't play the game for almost two years. I, genu- I genuinely don't believe you could play Persona Four well. You just play it. Well, that's it. awful, Andy. That is not the that is not the reassurance that I actually well, no, need. Because it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, I, I work on the cup is already broken. It's like a kind of Buddhist philosophy, but I'm not good at it. Is the issue. And we're back. For the second half, we'll go ahead and start with Marduk Scramble. Uh, this is a series of 
three movies which aired um in a year apart 2010 2011 2012 um they're all just a hair over 60 minutes they're directed by susumu kudo um based on a series of novels by to ubikata we'll be hearing about him momentarily and animated by gohans um it's a cyberpunk story about a girl uh who is murdered by a gangster who deletes his own memories to keep his brain from going berserk. Um, but she's resurrected using a experimental military program that gives her a chance to prosecute her own murder case. Uh, she gets attached to a decommissioned military uh, weapon, which is a, a mouse made of nanomachines that can infinitely reconfigure itself a, into any... A golden mouse. That's not yes that's named not... named Ufcock. Ufcock. Named Ufcock, which means <laughs> which means boiled egg, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is a reference to detectives and yeah yeah. And so she goes through a series of uh, of adventures as she decides how to prosecute her case against this gangster and whether she wants to uh, her desire to like not exist anymore and her feeling that she missed her chance to die kind of is is a very is a very uh prominent part of the of the the movie and so yeah they they fight in a bunch of warehouses and then they go to this this weird military facility called paradise that's like protected by flying sharks and then they go to a casino for a really really long time (laughs) where where she where she becomes close personal friends with two of two of the dealers who are just impressed at how well she's rigging the casino game she's playing and then there's another fight fight after after they apprehend the gangster it's it's written by to ubikata is is ultimately the upshot what, there are lots of really really clever ideas sorry you're gonna say something gonna say, what, what has he done previously for those who don't know uh you you would know him he uh he wrote martyr scramble he wrote chevalier Aeon. he wrote heroic age he wrote fafnir in the azure he wrote uh, Ghost in the Shell Arise. Uh, the the problems I had with Arise were everyone is just a snarky asshole who hates everyone else on their team. Very present here. Uh, and he wrote the second two seasons of Psychopaths after he took it over from Gen Urobochi. I was going to com- to confess that I had these two people mixed up, but finding out that they both worked on Psychopaths, that Gen Urobuchi in like created Psychopaths and then Toubakata wrote the, the second and third season, I feel justified in mixing them up. That's not fair. They both have names that are the same number of syllables. I don't know, mm-hmm. um, but he's known for he's known for he's known for themes of uh, blurred or or impossible consent, especially in terms of underage sexual experiences and Fun. sex work. Uh, he's known for like love. Everything's ex-military in his stuff, uh, except for Chevalier Dayon, which takes place during the the French Revolution. So obviously. Uh, doesn't have the same like modern concerns um yeah and so it's very interesting to watch this and have brilliant ideas like the idea that they get her body and they have a computer program that like simulates her subconscious so that they can they can test whether she would give consent the procedure to revive her from death really cool hard light highways for the rich while the poor have to drive on uh concrete really cool uh (laughs) Infinitely reconfiguring nanomachines. <laughs> yeah. A man who has a vagina for the hands. Vagina hands. 
Really cool. Oh my god, that's that's very to Ubicata. I feel like yeah, there's a there's a consortium of assassins uh, contracted by the major antagonist Boiled, who's working for the gangster, um, but he ends up being a military guy who had his his ability to sleep and also has all his emotions removed from him. Who used to work with Ufkuk, but Ufkuk stopped working with him because he. <laughs> He was a, a nihilist who wanted to spread nothingness throughout the world and in the most predictable way possible. Nothingness to him just means fucking murdering people all the time, 24-7. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Ufkuk refused to work with him and Boiled is very wounded, even to this day, about this inexplicable breaking off of their partnership as far as he's concerned. Um, but he hires a consortium of assassins who all like steal parts from their victims. One guy just has like fingers like grafted to his chest. One mm. guy has boobs grafted all mm. over his body, which he injects with hormones because it's it's Toe Ubicata. I mean, Ugh. they are like and yeah. And the main guy has 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 ha- has vagina hands, and he like <laughs> calls them his pussy cats and like and like strokes them. It's really upsetting. Yeah, it's, it's... <laughs> finally got. A re- I've been trying to get a reaction from Jeff this whole time, and I finally got one. Thank you. But it's like it's like. Those characters, apart from Pussy Hand, like the eye guy, the finger guy, like yeah. they're quite disturbing and creepy and they serve as good like enemies to uh, the main character who's uh her name is Rune Ballot. <laughs> like, to, to Rune. Everyone everyone has hyphenated names where it's like where it's like like alchemical thing and then egg thing, because I think a ballot's a type of egg. Yeah. It's but, that like yeah. Isn't it the like the the duck embryo? It's a fertilized thing? embryo yeah. egg. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Every everyone has an egg name. The medical doctor is Doctor Easter, which doesn't even mean anything. It's just an <laughs> egg word. <laughs> but uh, sorry, I, I'm I'm shitting on it more than I should. I gave it an eight out of ten in my in my big spreadsheet. It's full of great ideas. Yeah. And once you learn to turn out the the pretentiousness and the rape, uh, anime hashtag anime there. But uh, once you learn to tune out like the 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 stylistic flourishes of Toe Ubikata, mm-hmm. I think it's actually really interesting, and I think it benefited from its like troubled history as an OVA series in two thousand and six. It got derailed by the the collapse of the bubble, and then got re re resurrected by uh, as as three movies. It was supposed to be directed by a. Uh, Yasufumi Soejima, who apparently is a very celebrated CG animator on JoJo's, which would have been interesting. Hmm. There's a lot of CG in this. It's fine. Yeah, so. <laughs> I thought, but it was like the first time when I was like, the CG is not bad, it's just fine. Um, yeah, and like visually there's some quite nice aesthetics to it as well. Um, she goes and she plays roulette for half of a fucking movie, and then mm-hmm. the beginning of the third movie, she goes and plays blackjack for half of a fucking movie. That's too um, long. That's too long. I mean, it's <laughs> fine. I learned I learned how to game how to game roulette and blackjack. Yeah. Um, I don't have super sensory cyborg perception, so I don't think I can apply it exactly <laughs> the way she does. You can't but, count cards. <laughs> yes, I can't use my vagina hands to count cards. <laughs> but uh, that's not her. He he dies horribly. In fact, it's kind of funny how the how the assassins are all introduced and they are slaughtered in five minutes. It's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. She learns like she has nano skin that can form guns anywhere on her body, so she just like just like shooting guns out of every part of her body uh, and just kills everybody horribly. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's, it's fun. It it explaining it to my girlfriend and then explaining that what I was cutting out were all the bad parts, and she's like, "Oh, well, never mind then." I'm like, "Well, if you want this with most of the bad parts cut out, there's a show called Ghost in the Shell that is the better version of of Marduk Scramble, and I stand by that. Uh, I think that the playing with life and death is interesting. Um, I think it's willingness to just like. In, imagine this absolutely broke future. I would almost honestly describe some of the art style of Marduk Scramble as Genkutsuo if it took itself seriously. Mm. And yes, that sounds like a bad thing, but it was still pretty good. So uh, so yeah, the brokenness of, of its world, um, the character herself, I think is interesting, even if she spends so much of her time just like thinking about like, what if I committed suicide right now? Which I don't need that <laughs> in my daily life. <laughs> from a character (laughs) so uh but yeah so it's interesting and it's funny that it's like it was uh licensed by sentai um but heavily censored because titties are out everywhere in this in this anime Mm -hmm. so much um and yeah and since like impossible to find now i looked like looked on amazon and it's not a cheap show to get so it's one of the weird ones that didn't get revived when the anime bubble reinflated is there not a digital version online somewhere there's no there's no there's no streaming um oh. no streaming as far as i could tell with it but um i don't know it seems like a bit of a it always happens in these in these uh transition periods uh between like one era of economic viability and the other that like there are a couple shows that just fall through the cracks mm-hmm. either because of technology or because of who licensed it and then it just the license stays dead with them and this does seem like one that's like less able to be seen. It seems like the people who Viz, who owns the novels, are are pushing it a lot harder than just a few leftover Blu-rays of it. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I watched it in, them both in cinemas, and I know, which is wild to hear of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was because it was part of an international film festival. Like I watched, but I watched them as they came out, and I never watched the third one. I. I just it just must have missed it entirely. So I'd have to ch- I'd have to search it out. And yeah, it's only like half an like an hour long. It doesn't doesn't uh, it doesn't outstay its welcome. I think, which is another great thing about it. It's not bad. It looks like I can it looks like I can buy the third movie on DVD for two hundred and twenty two dollars. So yeah, it's not not very available. These are old school. This is like when I was buying anime back in like twenty two thousand nine or something, when I bought the Berserk the remastered Berserk collection for like. $70 and then the price jumped up to 500 a day later. You know, so. talking about go back to Persona, I sold my Persona 2 <laughs> uh PSP game for 150 pounds. And I was like, damn, nice. no one should be playing that game for 150 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not that good, buds. <laughs> no. It's not that good. Um anyway, should we move on to anime yeah. of the season anime of the season? Yeah. Oh wow! Apparently, Megumi Hayashibara played Rune Ballot. That's why. I mean, she's a consummate professional. Okay. I, I was wondering why I recognized her name, and I just finally looked it up and it's like, oh, okay, it's one of the most famous voice actresses. <laughs> <laughs> I have an anime podcast. Anyway, speaking of anime podcasts, we have airing shows that we want to talk about: um, Akebi's uh, Sailor Uniform, My Dress Up Darling, and Ranking of Kings. Uh, I have stuff to say about Akebi's and Dress Up. I'm still not watching Ranking of Kings. I, Andy will have to guilt me, just like he guilted me about uh, video games if he wants me to watch it. Uh, I gave you this anime, Ben. <laughs> please. Please, sir. So, Andy, are you caught up with Ranking of Kings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, 
one of the few shows that we're I can't remember when it even comes out, but as soon as there's a new thing, I'm like, bam, getting that shit. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, like I'm the same thing. Like when I see it pop up, it's an instant watch for me, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's starting to wane. Yeah, like yeah, this like the, the first <laughs> season I think is and I, this just might be like the shonen cycle for me where it starts off and every couple episodes it's like here's a new character here's a new thing here's a problem that they solve in complete you know in totality by the end of the episode and then you know the first big arc happens and it's like okay we're gonna be in this nondescript area and people are gonna yell at each other and do their special moves and shockingly <laughs> but like ranking of kings has become that and it's really frustrating like the whole second, like the whole second core, they have been in like the backyard of their castle fighting random like guys. And, you know, Boji, you know, big spoilers, unlocks his like true secret power and he's the strongest guy on earth now. But of course, the guy he's fighting is perfectly suited to like not be, you know, defeated I mean, by Boji. And now, and like, you know, it's just a lot of like, how is how is this strong baby gonna defeat the indestructible dipshit? I don't know. And everybody's like, Boji is so strong now. What? <laughs> and it's and it's annoying. It sucks. Like the first season was so good, and now it's just like, ah, uh, like uh, every now and then, like we're getting we're still getting like every now and then some good fan service from Queen Healing. She's still cool. Like mm-hmm. like every, like I still love all of the uh, character designs. I still love the style of the show. I don't like I'm an anime philistine so i don't notice it as badly when the animation falls off a cliff but it this season hasn't been bad on that front like it's still a very good looking show i like the characters it's just that what they're doing is just shonen bullshit and it sucks and it's really (laughs) frustrating yeah i mean when shonen jive takes over a show like i i don't quit anime as we know but i wish i wish that's when i wish the most i could be a person who quits anime when it's like oh no now it's a really strong person who's the protagonist against a really strong person who is someone we met three episodes ago who's gonna win yeah (laughs) i have a theory between this because i i agree with you it's waning but um my i think there's there's two reasons and one might be the actual reason of the other so for the first one there's only about 36 chapters of the manga. Um, so it could just be that they're catching up with the manga and now they're like, well, how do we end this? Because <laughs> either they haven't got to where the manga is, like they're getting to where the manga is and the manga hasn't gotten to the finale of the arc they're on, or uh, they want to just do an original anime ending, which is absolutely fine. Um, the other thing I think of is it's just like, the thing that we really loved, like you love about the first core, and the thing that really makes you adore King Ranking of Kings um, is the way that alliances and peoples um, and your feelings toward mm-hmm. peoples change at like the turn of a dime, how they will do completely um, un- like incomparable and like inexcusable stuff for reasons that you don't understand until they explore a bit of their backstory and explore a bit of like why they are the way they are and what that, what drives them. Mm-hmm. And, it happens that a lot of what drives people in this metrocracy is for multiple reasons. And as soon as that one strong person is gone, those reasons, like those individual reasons come to the fore more than sort of the reasons to protect the peace. Um, 
So I think it's partly that. And then because those have been explained now, there's nowhere they can go with those characters. Mm-hmm. There's like there's one character that they haven't explained, and that is the ultimate evil girl who is sort of trying to overthrow the whole kingdom, whose name I forget, but begins with an M. Miranjo. Um, Miranjo, thank you. Yeah, like, and, and I think that that's the sort of like the when it's going to end. It's going to sort of explain her backstory because it seems tragic, but like, yeah, the way that Dida-sama is now like with a doll of Miranjo in his own head, mm-hmm. uh, and the way that like the boss has sort of like come back and all this kind of like interesting stuff that isn't just explained at a satisfactory rate. And like you said, it just wants to, it just is padding time by having Bodgy fight an invincible guy that he literally, you know, from like three, four episodes beforehand that Bodgy can't defeat this person because the, like the cleverest person in the world is like, this is the worst foe that Bodgy could ever come against. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting to see how it ends. Um, but like, yeah, it's getting dull, uh, and it's a shame because yeah. it, otherwise, it's a sort of anime that I would recommend even to people who don't like anime. It's just, it's just a great story that is told at the very beginning, like absolutely <laughs> gripping, and you care so much for everybody, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> even the bad people. You're like, I, I, I get why, I get why you're bad. I get why, but you're not bad. You just, you have your own feelings and opinions, and it sort of boils down to. They don't feel like characters. They feel kind of like real people with real mess and real emotion. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's just a shame that it's it's slowing down. Um, I don't know. I don't know if any of that resides with you, Jeff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, it's just, you know, the last six episodes, like they fought a bunch of dogs in a courtyard. They fought a bunch of like, <laughs> of, of, they fought a bunch of dipshits that like were literally invented, you know, in the second to last episode of the first season, uh, mm-hmm. you know, including the indestructible guy. And they're all just like evil for the sake of being evil. There's no depth to them whatsoever. It's all very boring. Yeah, it feels like they can because they they can't. All the characters that were originally threats are actually now either good guys or people that you sympathize with. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from Miranjo, uh, and so now it's like, okay, you've introduced people who are just flat out bad and they don't really have a character apart from to die, get killed by the main guy, or to eat themselves, which is very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so hopefully that arc gets over itself pretty fast and we get back to things that we care about. Mm. There's, you know, rapidly running out of episodes in the season. So I'm hoping it ends on a positive note and it's something that I want to see more of because it's probably my biggest drop off <laughs> from the, its first half of my. Yeah, that's, br- that's brutal. Yeah, it sucks. That's absolutely I'm, brutal. Mm-hmm. And like, like if you want to compare it to like other shonen shows, it's probably still a lot better. Like, yeah. But from it, what it was, it's just yeah, it's just it's just it's just a disappointment from the first core. It's like when like I haven't gone back to Tokyo Avengers when they've been like oh when they kill the the female protagonist off again, and I'm like fuck this show it's it's bullshit I don't care anymore. That was a bummer too. Yeah, yeah, but but like that for me was kind of inexcusable. There's nothing inexcusable so far. Uh, I see. In I see. Ranking of Kings, it's like Jeff said, it's just slowed down. My prediction is that they've run out of manga, or they're very close to running out of manga. Um, that would be my feeling, because yeah, they in the last season, this fight would be over in like a matter of minutes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they're really drawing it out, uh, and then 
I, I don't know. It, it will be interesting to see what happens, but I have a feeling that it's going to have another episode of Miranjo's backstory and then maybe some stuff with Dida and then it will just end. Uh, so, yeah, it's a shame. It's yep. a shame. Yeah, and and um, I know you all haven't watched the latest uh, Akebi, but I would have honestly, until this most recent episode, said that like Akebi had also like burnt out all its gas. It had settled into a really predictable rhythm yeah. of... She meets a girl. She's really into what that girl likes. They become friends over the course of an episode. Yeah. <laughs> like three in a row were like that. This one, which y'all haven't watched yet, but no. it's about, so I'll be, I'll be, I'll be pretty like non-specific, but I do like that. It's a girl who wants to get into guitar and Akemi's like, yeah, you should, you should learn guitar. Like come show me what you can do. And then the whole episode is just her on her own, like wrestling with her own demons about why she hasn't learned guitar yet. Cause she hasn't learned guitar. She just really likes guitar. If, if a is going to be just like a catalyst for other people's passions, I don't want her in this show as a character as much. <laughs> like if she's not, if she's not going to be a real person, I want her to be the fucking, the fucking hobby fairy who just like shows up <laughs> and is like, you should bake and you should uh, write novels. See ya. Yeah, you should so, send me yeah, horny so selfies. This... <laughs> <laughs> you would be great on OnlyFans. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, which brings us to Dress Up Darlings. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. speaking of. <laughs> um, I I don't love the fan service on this, but I love that we are on episode episode seven and uh, Marin knows she's in love with mm-hmm. with uh, Kitagawa. Like I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like a different show, she'd be like, "What are these feelings I'm having? I <laughs> blush every time I think about him, and I want to be around him all the time." And mm-hmm. I would be like, Ugh, "But this is fine." Yeah. Uh, what are y'all thinking of it? Uh, I've also not caught up with it for the latest episode. I not much has changed in the most recent episode. Yeah, because like he falls more in love with her. They fall in love. Yeah. With her. yeah they've, they've introduced like the hopeless third wheel. I think with the uh, yeah definitely. The low, the lowly third wheel also, yeah. which is even more hopeless. <laughs> and I liked her introduction. I thought her introduction was quite. Did great. you? Andy? <laughs> did it, you was, Andy? it was a bit <laughs> much. I thought maybe just a little tad much of because you know classic like lucky pervert introduction of like there's a strange person in my house. It might be a burglar, so I'm gonna burst in on them in the shower, which I can oh. see. Like if you've ever come towards a bathroom, you can tell when somebody's <laughs> actually been in the shower. So if somebody has infiltrated yeah. your house to like cause problems, they probably didn't take a shower. And so he still Maybe like... they murdered everyone in your house, Jeff, and now they're gonna wash off all the <laughs> fucking blood. And... I, I was more thinking I was more thinking when she's like she comes in, he's like, so do you want to have a look at the dolls? And then like that was the introduction I was thinking of. Not the like the lucky ammo Sukabay fucking yeah he like walks in around the shower and then she full falls over and like looks gets a look directly up into her and it's just like god damn yeah. this they're just <laughs> really going crazy with this apparently it's toned down from the manga too really yeah wow <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I don't want to I don't want to read the manga now. <laughs> Jesus uh, I mean I I like this this show like needs to chill out it's your friend who's constantly like i've seen porn you want some you want want to hear about some porn i've seen you're like you're like i was gonna say jeff because that's my (laughs) usual abstract friend name uh jeremy chill out we know we've all seen porn it's fine it's like nah this is this is great this girl's got big ones (laughs) it's just uh uh but but like the art art is great Mm. character designs are great Mm -hmm. um uh, i think actually i've kind of felt 
come to the conclusion that Goto's voice actor is like a little bit underpowered consider- considering the rest of the cast. Um, but he did 120 episodes of Reigns, of Yu-Gi-Oh! Of Reigns. So he was like, he's he's new in the industry. I can't fault him against like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, the bromance is paced well. The art's great. Um, I like, the most recent episode does have a scene where he's going to meet his grandfather and he's like really, it, it, it's telegraphed, so I'm not like spoiling that much, but he's going to meet his grandfather and we're freaked out that like, I haven't practiced my like doll painting faces at all. Like he's going to like tear into me about being lazy and he's like, this is good. I can tell you've been like looking at real people because I can see there's like more like life in your art now. And he's like, Oh, being a complete person is, <laughs> is good. <laughs> is actually important. Human bonds. Well, uh, so. <laughs> I, I would say that the, the one thing that kind of annoyed me a little bit, um, so it, it, but only on retrospective, like reflection is the fact that he just, he just made a costume perfectly first time. No problem. Just kind of annoyed me a little bit, you know. Well, like in some, in I, I'm going to push back against that because he used way too heavy fabric, yeah. and he sewed it perfectly to her dimensions so that she couldn't wear a bra under it. No, so he made a perfect costume no, for a doll. She, is what I would argue. She, but she, she made like the, well, she was the, a dumbass too. She yes, was a dumbass, absolutely. and and like put like double padded her bra. So yeah. that, double bra, pa- double padded bras, which I do not have breasts, but I cannot imagine that's comfortable. <laughs> if our females, if our female rider listeners would want to listen in, this is what I didn't understand. It it wasn't one which had like it was a like a front grasping bra. It was like a pad for the front. So it, it yeah. did yeah, that didn't I didn't get that. I was like, where's the strap in the back? And then it was like. It, doesn't it doesn't have one it's just like a stick on thing at yeah. the front and i was Dude, like there are all uh... <laughs> but I've, I've enjoyed marin is really realistic she mm-hmm. i like that she is to kind of touch back on our previous thing she's obviously a huge otaku because when well actually this most recent thing he like decides to make this costume and she's like oh i've got the box set and he's like seriously it's like 180 episodes <laughs> and she's like oh yeah i love this sh- i love the show i'll be happy to watch it with you and it's great yeah and it's not like oftentimes like secret otaku girls a la or a emo to, or a emo are like very fetishized and she's just like it it really feels very authentically like you find out that the cool girl watches naruto mm-hmm. is kind of like the yeah. feel there i've really i've really enjoyed the pitching of her character she's a better realized character than goto honestly yeah. in mm-hmm. some places so yeah yeah again like the whole goto thing where she he was like trembling and she just he just fucking did it like he didn't he was just <laughs> like oh i gotta do it and like that, it, it was again. Like again, talking about how great Madden is. Like the whole bit where he's making the costume and he's suffering and his grades might fail and he's got all these things going on. Like his grandpa's ill and it's just like, but he's got to finish it for the girl. His grandpa falls on his ass after seeing that his that his grandson's bought panties. <laughs> yeah. Is what actually happens, Andy. Please, please respect the horniness of this anime. <laughs> I mean, they were stocking. They weren't quite as bad. Okay, as sure, whatever. Yeah, but, whatever. But like, but like, yeah, the. That whole sort of like arc again, like it, it is made up by Marin like crying and apologizing. And you're just like, oh, yeah. okay. She realizes that like she's not, she's completely, she's the reason why the show works. Because if yeah. it was yeah. anybody else, it would just, it would just flatline and you just start hating people. What it really reminds me of, incredibly, is Rent a Girlfriend. If Rent a Girlfriend had a more compelling like main girl. Yeah. Because I think in Rent a Girlfriend, like the main girl doesn't read as a real person because of mm. what the script demands her of. Yeah. And Marin gets plenty of, or Marin gets plenty of chances to just like be human and to apologize. And she's actually, it's a great character of like the girl in your class who you assume is a huge bitch. 
And when you actually like talk to her, like, oh no, she's actually she's actually really nice, and yeah. she has relatable interests, and she's like really sweet, and yeah, interested in what I want to do. So I've enjoyed it. I think the fan service is way over the top. This is reaching Monogatari levels of can't show this to normal people. So <laughs> so yeah, uh, but I'm enjoying it. It seems to have an off on off on sort of horniness. Like every every odd every even episode is really horny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like the episode where she's just like putting her crotch like an inch in front of his nose like that's that mm. was a lot mm-hmm. i was i was actually getting to the point where i was like i don't know if i want to watch this anime is this gonna be another <laughs> show bitch i'm scarred by show bitch i i'm that's what i'm always assessing like is the fan service just gonna become yeah but the <sighs> again you just you just can ex- you kind of can excuse it but kind of I, I don't know you kind of not like when that lolly girl came in and then she was like she was like, oh, we're going to have the whole scene with her now. And then she was just like, I'll text you my sizes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was, was going to say like, oh, shit. Are we well, gonna it, it, sets, it sets up that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, and honestly, one of the great things about this show yeah. is that it has jokes and the jokes actually land and it's well written. Right, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's such an ineffable thing that is so lacking in so many just like horny comedies like this. Yeah, fucking last year, when, last season, when I watched like three comedy shows and only one really had jokes. Like, I liked Annoying Senpai. It did not have that many jokes. Mm-hmm. It had humorously constructed situations, mm. but not like characters doing something funny. It's, so. it's not a show that you'll remember in five years' time. Whilst if Dress Up Girl continues the way it is, I'll probably still remember it, you know? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. probably. I mean, it, it depends where we end up. Do you think they're going to kiss at the end of the season? I'm going to do this every time we wa- all watch <laughs> oh, a, no. a romance show. No, Absolutely I think not. You're not going to kiss? I, I think, I think uh, they're go- it's going to have the classic uh, misrepresentation. Like, they say something stupid and they misunderstand each other. And the so you're girl. thinking of a Nozaki ending is what you're saying. Nozaki-kun, where it's yeah. like fireworks drown out. Yeah. I love you. I'm betting cheat kiss. I'm going to go ahead. Nagatoro mostly cashed in for me with that. I'm betting cheat kiss. I mean, I'd love um, it. Like gamers. I really love because yeah, season episode, season seven, there was a confession scene and it, Season has- seven episode what? episode seven sorry episode okay seven. thank god <laughs> episode seven there's a confession scene and it actually was a good confession scene you're like oh, is it is it bad that. that is it bad that hearing that thinking that gamers had seven seasons made me like <laughs> infinitely more likely to watch it <laughs> i was like wow they have a they have a real plot there that i'm they sure I, i'm they, down they i'm really done for don't. seven seasons of romance <laughs> anime well this is the problem with gamers is that there was the confession scene and they're like, oh shit, now what? I guess they're going out. But we, but you, you date! You fucking date! <laughs> hate this with anime. Exactly, right? It's if so you tell annoying. someone you love them, then you kiss and then you date. <laughs> or if it's a hentai, you fuck. <laughs> Come on. This is not hard. Well, if it's an anime, you fuck off screen. <laughs> oh. And exchange a button oh. at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I, like, I, I don't want to always have to recommend Kare Kano, but they confess to each other in episode three and then they date for the rest of the fucking anime. Yeah, I mean, like... this could be this could be you dress up, darling. But, Jesus yeah, Christ. But you play him. <laughs> uh, again, like Horibia as well. So many relationships actually happen, but they, mm-hmm. they then also just go to the thing where it's like, well, the, the chase is finished. They've confessed. Yeah. So we'll just move on to the Tick. next couple. <laughs> They're <laughs> together on. forever. Unmei has yeah. been... 
it, it, it's gotten to the point where like Flowers of Evil and Scum's Wish, I like those better because yeah. they like people get in like gross codependent relationships, but they actually fucking date. <laughs> <laughs> because like, because for me at least, high school is all about closing the deal, and like the level to which it's not in the anime. I don't but know. But also the way um, that the guys act is also trying to close the deal as well, right? Like it's not like they're trying to. I, th- I think if Goto had a button that you could press that would be like this girl would not be so horny towards me, he would press it at this point, which is just like the weird like chasteness and gynophobia of like anime attraction yeah. on the ma- male yeah. side. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're either like is- unbearably horny or you like are ashamed of the idea of being attracted to the, to your friend, quote right. unquote, who you're obviously right. how, how, the, <laughs> in the other half of a relationship with. How hu- how humiliating that you told this girl who understands your backstory and like your your relationship to the world be- word beautiful. She hears you call you call her beautiful and she falls <laughs> in love with you. And it's just absolutely debasing that you also have feelings towards her, the person that you've called beautiful. Uh, in a way which that's was, really meaningful to her. Which was done so Which was a well. nice scene. Yeah. It was so It was such beautiful. a good scene. Uh, and, and to their credit, she, like, there was something happened because of that. She realized what she felt because mm-hmm. she heard what he felt, which is how romance anime is supposed to go. I just... I'm I'm gonna bet on kiss. I'm gonna fucking bet on the kiss. Hear me. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna will it into being. I, I They're really gonna kiss. Hope. They're gonna fuck on OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what? <laughs> Why do you have to make it so cheap, Andy? <laughs> so tawdry. No, I, what I think, what here, here, you know what? I haven't read the manga, but here is my visualization. Um, she's going to kiss him, scare quotes, in character. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. 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 That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like a good ending, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, also, if, if, great, it ends, if it's 13 episodes or 12 episodes, you know, if it, if it ends on an even episode, then Andy's right. If it's on the odd episode, <laughs> then Ben's right. Also, oh, Jesus. Gojo, like, just needs to get out of that yukata because uh, he wears it all the time. And it's qu- quite disgusting. Well, well, you, you, you will know in the next episode Andy, that you haven't watched, he, like, changes out and she's like, and she's like, oh, I miss you in your, in your, like, work outfit. It's like, it's like really, it's really you. So you're, you're fucking doomed, Andy. He's going to wear that for the rest of the show now. Uh, uh, good. Anyway, great, great. Anime. Anyway, anyway, yes. Yeah. Best thing I'm watching this season, which is not hard. I'm watching two things this season. Plus, plus Ray Earth, which is giving me at least like horny mochi bunny action. So there's that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Uh, next episode, we will be talking about, uh, <laughs> drop in for this, um, how fan how fan service can be unsexy, plus our favorite anime crushes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That hentai episode doesn't feel too bad now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we just, y'all just spent the entire break, like, roasting me on my, like, anime types. So, yeah, yeah and, and fucking Heavy Mori, yes, yes. <laughs> Big eyebrows, five head, and sleepy eyes. Mwah. Pack me up and pack me up and mail me, mail me. I'm going overseas. It's time to break out the binder of scary anime girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, get John on here so he can say Gaian and and uh, what's his face, Kaiki, or, or Yuko from Yume Nikki, if you remember that. Yume Nikki, mm. uh, Future Diary. Mm. No, nope. remember that. Yeah, Yume yeah, Nikki. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway.
<laughs> yes. Anyway, rate and view subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice. Find us on Twitter at Keyframes Pod. Find us on Facebook. Search for Keyframes Podcast. Got some Mokina gifts there if you want to watch a rabbit kiss a girl. Good uh, gift. <laughs> email us questions, keyframespodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your anime crushes. And most of all, tell a friend. But, but not just any friend, Ben. I'll, oh, no. I'll tell the friend who just. You buy a game for maybe a couple games and they still have Oh, no. <laughs> you apologized for this over the break. I know, but that would, that would, I really don't feel bad tonight. No, I don't feel bad. It's fine, but I'm cutting that bit uh, out. I always feel bad. That's, 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 <laughs> that's the thing, Cap. <laughs> Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> we have such weird energy with our podcast now. <laughs>I am curious to look at oh. I'm going to look at the Persona girls for, sorry Jeff we'll start after this I'm looking <laughs> at the Persona characters and I want you to guess Andy which one you think appeals most to <laughs> appeals most to my extremely stereotypical tastes alright so we're talking specifically uh, Persona 4 yes Persona 4 I have, what, uh, what girls I have a feeling I have a feeling it would be Yukiko because she's a traditional Japanese lady um, and she's the most, she's in your team. But it might be Nanako. See, this is the other thing, right? Like, <laughs> I remember, like, all of the names in Persona 4. Like, that, that is a testament to how much I love that game. There's a lot of good girls. Uh, I don't think you'll be into Risa because she's like the idol type. That's not your, that's not your jam. Yeah, I'm looking at, I like her design. I love her sounds... design. Um, you might be up into the... Naoto, sort of like the gender fluid girl. Um, uh... No, Yukiko is a good is a good guess. I'm I that is the design that I am the most drawn to. So oh. Ojo headband. Yeah, he makes that. Thanks, Jeff. Just <laughs> bo fucking boil me down like some soup stock.